Hello. So today we are joined by Julia Brown, who is the founder of Tatimu, which is a women and children's clothing brand which uses dead stock fabrics. So today on the Ethical Conversations podcast, we're going to be chatting about textile waste and how we can prevent it. So hello, Julia. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, so kind of the first question is, can you just tell me a little bit about yourself, about your brand and about your sustainable fashion journey? So kind of where you started to where you are now. Yeah, so um, I started working in fashion straight after university um, at my first job in 2004, so a really, really long time ago. And I basically worked my way through working at fashion suppliers and fashion brands um, as a garment technologist and worked my way up to a senior garment technologist. And during this time, um, my my career my, my my job was based around fashion fit um the function of the garments the quality of the garments and the ethical practices of the factories and suppliers that were working with us so i saw some really bad practices some really great practices and i worked for some really bad fast fashion brands and some really good brands as well and some brands that were really still working and do still get a bit of a bad rep bad rep but they they have always had sustainability and ethical practices at their heart um, but it was when I was working at the last place I was at back in 2017 I had been quite ill the year before and I had quite a lot of time off and it gave me a lot of time to think about what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be and I kind of realized that I didn't really want to be in fast fashion anymore and when I got when I went back to work after my I think I was off for three months I went back I went I was told to go straight back into you know the business that was before so i was down in went down to leicester for some factory audits and visits and it was there i was just shocked and i've been to leicester before and i've seen a few factories before and i'd gone around and i'd talked to the factory owners and staff and i'd seen some really good practices but that particular week i went down three times and there was so much textile waste on the factory floor outside in the bins it was just crazy and I was like, what is happening to all this waste? And there were some really big bags, like even end of roll fabrics, I would say maybe three or five meters worth of fabric. And I was talking to the factory owners and they're like, yeah, it's just waste. You know, sometimes it's the wrong color or it's not in trend. It's not, you know, it's, it's been lying on the floor, which factories should never have fab their fabric stored on the floor anyway. It should always be off the floor. Um, so it was just chucked out and this one guy was telling me that he used to have a chap that used to collect his textile waste and mush it down and turn it into boxing bag fillers for um, rooms. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a lot of people that, a lot of places that um, mush up old fabric for like car lining padders, pads and all that sort of thing. But otherwise it was just collected off to recycling or it was burnt or it was just going in the bin and i'd already been sewing my own accessories and i had my like tatimu was very very early stages of just upcycling and um, and i just saw this as such a great resource for me to just use because all the factory managers are like yeah take what you want fill your car mm -hmm. and i was like great okay this is awesome and i just found some really like amazing gems in there of fabric great prints great colors and completely usable was, you know so I washed it all and it all worked really well and that's where my journey started really yeah um 
I left my job not long after that and um, we moved away from the big, yeah, from the big city and um, my little village have my little house my little my studio which is my dining room um, and I'm still in contact with some of the factories that I used to work with and and that's where I get a lot of my dead stock fabric from and um, I've had to stop taking in dead stock fabric recently because I have literally saved over a ton of fabric literally a ton <laughs> and there's no more space in my house so <laughs> I've had to really limit people donating fabric to mm -hmm. me as well just because I literally have no space at the moment so yeah. I'm just trying to say to people hold on to it and now hopefully I can use it in the future once I get through this lot. <laughs> so is that where you get all your fabric from old factories that you used to work with? Yeah, old factories, there's local factories as well, and people just donate fabric to me. So there's a couple of online makers um, that I found through Instagram, through um, mutual um, accounts, and I get scrap from them, um, and then I can turn them into all different various things. I'm just looking around here, I've got this, all these like beautiful hippie fabrics that I get from one of my... Um, Instagram followers so yeah it's it's great to be able to have that resource that we're all sharing with each other mm -hmm. yeah it's a nice little like community yeah um so what happens to the dead stock fabric you kind of touched on it maybe it gets downcycled or is it more often than not that it will get burned or recycled does it actually get recycled or does it just get taken to a recycling plant quite a lot of the time it will go to recycling plant but then there's a lot of brands that you'd have heard of, like H&M, and mm -hmm. like big, big designer brands that are burning unsold stock because they don't want their labels being sold on to a cheaper market. And, um, and that's the reason people will burn their, their textiles. But I just, I, I just find it so crazy. But yeah, a lot, it is, it's difficult. It is really difficult to find a chain of where it goes to. I mean, even around where I live, they pick up um, locals' textile waste. Um, and it will go to a recycling bank. But all the information, the tracking on that, that is where the information ends. Yeah. So you don't know if it's then shipped off to a third world country. Mm -hmm. oh, it's, it's really difficult to track it. And mm -hmm. I, I, I like to know where I'm getting my fabric from. Yeah. Um, but you, it's, it's really difficult when it's, it's all second hand. But it, yeah. Do you <laughs> ever can. Do you ever struggle with the fact that it's kind of not traceable and that the fabric itself is probably made quite unsustainably or does it balance out because you're saving it from landfill? I, it's a real catch-22 with me because a lot of the clothes that people give me for upcycling or for fabric scraps mm -hmm. are from fast fashion retailers. Um, I get loads of Primark jersey and it it's really thin. Um, I tend to use a lot of the elastics again in, um, for any like leggings or anything like that, or I'll try, try and piece together what I can, but the quality is, is a lot lower. But um, likewise, it's, it, at least when I can like, have a traceability of what the fabric content is and I can separate that out with my stores. But until there is this, this you know, the consumers actually consume consumer clothing the way they're supposed to be but the, when the retailers actually are more responsible with um their factories in terms of their lay plans and they have less waste i will i will never be out of fabric because it's, it's always going to be a problem so 
kind of with Tati Moo or also on a personal note like what is the best upcycling project that you've ever done what was the one when you finished it and you were just so proud of it I love making my son and I've heard a lot of people say oh I don't like making children's wear it won't last they grow out of it well I have a problem I have a solution for that because I will just remake his clothes over and over and over again so one of my favorite projects is um I did it last year so my husband he my husband doesn't go through clothes that often he's you know he's like me he's had clothes from when we first when we first met um that have finally died a death and I just loved the the colors and the prints a lot of them were rock band t-shirts with the personal to us so I reworked them for my son and he loves them, he wears them now. And what I can do when he grows out, I can obviously just snip off the arms and the hem and then I can just make it bigger again. Mm -hmm. So he's continually going to be able to love that. So I, I, I love making for my son because he's so appreciative of it and it is so personal to us as well, what he's wearing. Do you think it's really important to kind of instill that sustainability in kids from a young age especially with their clothing because now it's so easy just to buy 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 and not actually think about where it's coming from or what's going to happen to it once you grow out of it yeah i really think it is and like my son he's all about you know he loves wearing stuff that i've made him and i love stuff that my mum made for me so i think that was instilled in me in quite a young age um and he loves the fact that he can just say, mummy, I've got a rip in my jeans, can you repair it for me? Put a cool patch on my knee, mummy, or I want some eyes on my bottom, mummy. <laughs> I love being able to do that. And but there's some great resources out there as well. Like, um, oh, excuse me, you can, um, I think I've heard recently that you can rent children's wear, mm -hmm. um, as well as swapping and stuff. And I think that's really good because obviously they do grow up, they do, especially when they're really little, they do grow out of things really quickly. So think for special events rather than buying something mm. they're only ever going to wear once you can have a rotation which is, mm -hmm. which is good yeah so have you got any tips for people that want to start upcycling or even just making their own clothes kind of from scratch like what would you say the top three things are that you would tell people well so when I first started making my own clothes I only did an evening pattern cutting class whilst I was working so I never trained as a, um, a fashion designer I studied textiles um, but now there are so many resources if you want to make your own clothes. There's some great books out there. Pinterest is brilliant for DIY. My own blog, I have done quite a few DIYs on making your own underwear, your socks, bras, pants, dresses, t-shirts, you know, home DIYs. I think that's a really good resource. And in terms of upcycling, I think just see what you've got in your cupboard. Like what have you, what, what haven't you worn for ages? What do you think you want to wear again? And why haven't you worn it? Is there something you can take from it? And then just go online and look at some great inspiration and just, you know, have a go because you can always unpick and re-sew. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Do you think it's essential to have a sewing machine or do you think just give it a go by hand? I don't think it's essential. It's, it's, it's handy if you do. Um, I have loads of sewing machines. Um, but, you know, hand sewing is just as just as sustainable it's just as easy for you to do and there's again there's some great resources pinterest is brilliant mm -hmm. for all sort of hand sewing embroidery embellishment um tutorials and can show you the right stitches to use for what projects mm -hmm. and you know sewing machine just makes it quicker um but you can get some really decent second hand 
sewing machines. I have got two vintage hand-powered sewing mm. machines that I use when I go to craft fairs or events because I don't have to use any power. Mm. And I'm just, well, just my arm until my arm completely cramps out. <laughs> um, and they, like one I got given, so that was completely free, and one I picked up £50 in a charity shop. So, And they both work brilliantly. Mm. Um, if you could change one thing about the fashion industry, what would it be? It would be to slow down. I mean, I think I, pay, I posted something on my Instagram um, the other day, a statistic, uh, this, the sheer volume of um, garments that are being produced, and it would work out 20 garments per person on the entire planet is being produced per year. Mm-hmm. Like, who needs... T- 20 new garments every single year, well, especially when you get to, I mean, I'm nearly 40. I don't need that many clothes every year on year at all. Um, we need to get back to an idea of seasonless um, styles, mm. not week on week on week. You know, the retailer I worked at, they were seeing something on a Monday. It was in production by Thursday. It was sold out by Sunday. That gimme, 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 gimme more culture. Yeah. Cult- culture? Culture. <laughs> I think is yeah they just from the top down really they mm. just need they need to slow down and I think now in lockdown as well I think people are going to start seeing the benefits of that I mean the businesses you know they've stopped production a lot of them but they're still selling what they've, what they've got and mm. I think maybe they can see that as a better business business model going forward definitely for the planet and for the people. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think fast fashion can be sustainable? Because I know a lot of uh, fast fashion brands are kind of saying, well, we're very transparent. We're bringing out all these conscious collections, kind of like with eco-friendly materials and stuff like that. But while they're still producing millions of garments a year, do you think that that is sustainable? Or do you think the real thing about sustainable fashion is producing less? I think predominantly it was fast fashion fast fashion can ne- I don't think can ever be sustainable like you said just because you're producing an eco range or, you know or a, we- a range made from waste let's say boohoo they did their waste um range from waste they're still creating waste they're still creating waste from all the other ranges that they're doing Manchester with all the fast fashion online retailers up there you've got Boohoo, Misguided, PLT, In The Style, they're all sewn through away from each other they don't talk to each other they don't they all use the same batteries but they're all off like they're all fighting for price and they just need to have that conversation that actually they're using that fabric up with each other and they're not creating that waste I mean the the technology teams they've got where I used to work are great tool for them in how to lay their patterns to create less waste mm-hmm. and to use better fabric so the, the garments aren't being thrown away but until they completely slow down like they'll never be sustainable at all or like and the transparency level there i mean you go on the fash rev index and they've not listed any like all of their suppliers they don't even know all of their suppliers yeah. mm-hmm. so yeah no do you think that dead stock fabric is the way forward kind of in the sustainable fashion movement um for smaller brands i 
I hundred percent sustainable fabrics. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's expensive and it's quite difficult to get hold of if you only want a really small quantity. Um, there are some great uh, companies out there like Ammo Threads and the New Fabric House, um, both you can buy online that specialise in designer dead stock fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so small run, um, you can you will know what the composition of the fabric is, not necessarily where it came from, but that's a really great resource um, that people can use. You know, smaller brands can use, but I think they like. Yeah, just need to start about thinking about how much they're producing and what you know what can be used with that waste. But it, to me, it's a great resource. It really is. Yeah, and what do you think? Like the solution is for textile waste that's already been made into clothes. Do you think we should kind of like cut it all up and start again with it, or what do you think that there is? Um, because recycling, I think I read that only 1% of clothes actually do get recycled. Because if they're a mixture, they can't be recycled, they have to be pure. So do you think that there's a better solution, like cutting everything up and kind of using it as a dead stock fabric? Oh, use what's already been remade, it is really difficult. And because you're using mixed fibres, there's that there isn't like necessarily a traceability. And it is really difficult when, when, when factories... And, and the fibers it's a really tricky one so yeah i'll just say it's it's difficult because you just don't always know and i don't know if cutting up necessarily all the textile waste that's going out into the world is is the solution i just think we need to look at the why why is there so much textile waste and start from there because until we you know we have a fully circular um Mm-hmm. model in the fashion that end point is just kind of a bit null and void because they're not all that not everybody's thinking about it mm-hmm. you see what i mean yeah so like what would your if you could just redesign the fashion industry how would you have it i would have it so they would have less suppliers under their umbrella of people that they're working with um that being up my number one because they have end up having more and more suppliers their traceability gets very very blurred and very mucky mm-hmm. um and from that they just need to have better design practices um and really sort out every step of the way from how it, how it's being produced how, you know where the, where the factory is what the impact is on the planet and the people you know we're not just talking about the you know the planet the people as well really really subject to bad um working practices as well and it just all needs to be thought out and it's such common sense it really is and it just astounds me that there's still today such bad practices happening Mm. um and that end just that end of life you know they think about the garment being you know on the human and all the likes they get on Instagram for their outfits. So then that's it. So they don't think of it beyond that. So they need to have an end of life plan for mm-hmm. their, um, their collections. So kind of fast fashion came around in the 90s. So social media wasn't the biggest thing back then. But do you think that now social media has had a big impact on the fast fashion industry and has made it even faster? 
yeah i really do and especially with the rise of um influencers fashion influencers you know they're just talking constantly about their latest haul it's all you know on youtube it's everywhere and it's just buying in the you know the younger generation mm-hmm. and even people of my generation that want to have that look but then they're not reposting the same outfit um like me i will stro- i will scroll through my own instagram personal instagram account mm-hmm. just be like oh yeah i looked really cute in that outfit i'm gonna wear that again mm-hmm. i don't know why that's not happening and i think it is really fed into it um but Likewise, I think we're getting a lot more education through Instagram and through our social media platforms on sustainable fashion and how you can be more sustainable with your wardrobe. Um, you know, there's some great people out there, great accounts out there that are helping to educate and not to patronise people just to give them an education in um, their own lifestyle and how they can be um, better for the planet in the, with their wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the best way to reach people kind of through social media influences, but talking on the sustainable fashion side? Because I think it is quite difficult to kind of get younger people thinking about it. Like, what would your solution be for that? I want to, like, it needs to come from government. I think I think there would be, it should be really good um, educational practices in schools. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think if I knew about this when I was in school... I know I might, I might have taken a completely different path. I was so obsessed with being a fashion designer when I was a teenager. That's all I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I was actually working in fashion that it made me think and maybe like, wow, I can't believe this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. But my, my nieces, they still love to buy from Boohoo and in the style in PLT. Yeah. But they could, you know, I can't completely, um, completely shower them with all of my you should only be wearing secondhand clothing or vintage clothing or making your own or sustainability mm-hmm. because it isn't always um what they want they want to look like these influencers and but then there's the whole um you don't want you want an influencer to really be behind it and question their own practices before and be completely honest with you know what they're getting out of it and what they're doing it for Mm-hmm. yeah um so kind of you worked in the fashion industry for quite a long time and you've seen a lot more of it than most people and I've heard the argument quite a few times about well if we stop fast fashion if we slow down fashion it will kind of, a lot of people will lose their jobs do you think that that's true I don't think necessarily no I think it's not about completely shutting down these brands they just need to rethink about how they're working you know that you've got i'm a big advocate for garment workers and um, i work really closely with labor behind the label and i've been passionate about um them for a really long time and they will always say it's not about closing down the factory it's not about closing down the retailer it's about rethinking is about better working practices there is a better way of working in every situation in in fashion mm-hmm. and it's not about producing and producing 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 if they were producing less but there were more quality garments they would be getting a better price for it from the customer yeah. therefore it would be you know it would be evening out what they'd been losing in terms of volume mm-hmm. so kind of one final question 
before we move on to the quick fire round. Um, <laughs> can you just talk us through kind of why there is so much dead stock fabric? Like, why? how are these brands not using all the fabric? Is it, like you said earlier, is it the way that they lay the patterns, that they cut things? Is it because they kind of decide, oh, no, we don't want to make that anymore? Why is there so much waste fabric? It's a mix of um, badly cut lay patterns, so um, not using all the available fabric correctly. Um, there's a big thing around, obviously, prints being wasted because it's not the in print that season. Um, so end of rolls will go go into landfill or they'll maybe get sold on as, as dead stock. Um, they don't want their prints because they've just maybe specially designed that print be going to be used by somebody else mm-hmm. um, and obviously unsold stock now if you're having really high volumes of unsold stock you need to really think about yeah. why have I produced a hundred thousand garments when I'm having to throw away like maybe 40 percent mm-hmm. that again talks to you about volume really and like producing less mm-hmm. okay so there are just five like quick fire questions to do with sustainability um, is it this or that? So are you ready? Yep. Okay. Do you prefer organic cotton or tencel? Organic cotton. Oat milk or soy milk? Oat milk. A reusable water bottle or a coffee keep cup? That's a tricky one for me, but water bottle. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer travelling by train or coach? Train, definitely. And do you prefer vintage or upcycled? upcycled vintage (laughs) (laughs) perfect okay well thank you so much i've definitely learned a lot and had a lot of my questions answered so thank you very much for taking some time out to have a chat with me you're very welcome it was a pleasure to talk to you okay brilliant thank you bye-bye Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Ethical Conversations podcast with Tati Moo. Make sure to check out Julia. She's at Tati underscore Moo on Instagram. And while you're at it, follow the podcast at Ethical Conversations podcast. If you've got a spare two minutes, make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and give us a comment. Let me know what you thought of the episode or if you've got any people that you'd like me to chat to or any topics you'd like me to research, then do let me know. I've been your host at JustWeek underscore and I hope that you'll tune in next week for some more ethical conversations. Bye for now.